Jason. How are you? Doing good, Chris. How about you? Good. Welcome to Leading and Serving Podcast. Welcome. Yes. You're here. We're uh, here. We are here. <laughs> Another great week. Um, it's been yeah. a busy week. Yeah, it yeah. has. I so mean, I'm sure when this drops, it's going to be still busy. But yes. Um, yes, you know, that seems to be the time of year. Like we're kind of revving up into the holidays. I know. I know. And like, I, I think when this drop, is it going to be November already? So it's like, God, it, it's just getting busier. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <coughs> yeah, life is accelerating no matter how hard we try and put on the brakes, I think. I completely agree. You know. But I do want to remind everybody yeah. that we talked to Jeremy last week. And yes. I am yes. super excited yeah. about the fact that we're having this peace index. Yeah, I mean, that's summit. what we were just talking about. The life is going so fast. How do we slow down? Right. That's what this is about. That's exactly right. Absolutely. Like, hey, you know what? Make sure you come and join us because this is going to be exciting. I mean, Absolutely. I do really appreciate the peace index. Um, and so I'm super I'm super excited that other people are going to be able to get to see right. what, the, the nuts and bolts of yeah. it. And if you want a preview, you can drop back to, I think it's episode 41, where we really spent uh, the majority of the episode on the Peace Index mm-hmm. and how we, you know, that works out in our lives. And so um, the summit coming up on November 17th, Thursday mm-hmm. night from um, 7 to 9 p.m. Yep. Okay. Um, we're, it's going to be, a, there's going to be some interactiveness to it, mm-hmm. um, where we use the Peace Index book that, that Jeremy Kubitschek wrote that we interviewed last week on the podcast. So catch that up, right? Right. Um, you know, we're going to take that five-part framework of mm-hmm. moving from chaos in our lives and just that, just feeling worn and tired and right. you know discouraged and right. you know feeling hopeless to an extent. Right. Of how do we find peace in the midst of all that? Mi- right. You know, fulfillment, purpose around our place, the people, our relationships, our health. You know, I mean, there's uh, huge ramifications. To completely huge. agree. Yeah. I think that's what's so em- empowering about it is yeah. like the ramifications of on the backside of it after you do it and look at it a little bit more, like it's just, it's huge. Right. And, and I want to let, I mean, the Peace Index tool has been around Giant for a number of years. Right. And so when Jeremy did the, you know, did this first release of the book, just, you know, uh, the book came out first of October. Mm-hmm. Um, he, there was a, a giant nationwide gathering, 140 giants are there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, guides just like me. And some of these guys have been teaching the Peace Index themselves to other people for, you know, almost a decade. Oh, wow. And so I, I had the opportunity to ask a couple of them, you know, what was it like for you in that moment hearing Jeremy teach on the Peace Index once again? Right. And every single person that, I, that I've talked to so far is just like, what a moment. I realized that I had not been doing, I, I'd been ignoring this part of my life. Hmm. And I realized how much that was dragging down my Peace Index. Oh, wow. And now I, you know, just in the two weeks since, I've spent time improving that area, and my peace index is already rising. Wow. And these are people who have done it, I mean, have been through it themselves. I mean, it is a timeless, impacting, transformational tool. And so um, it's well worth your time. It only costs 10 bucks to go to the summit. Right. Um, It's at Dyes Walk Country Club in Greenwood. From um, 7 to 9? 7 to 9, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 10 bucks to get in, uh, 32 if you want a book included on that. Super easy. We'll be there. Super easy. Yeah. Super excited. Yeah. We'll be, uh, yeah, you'll get to hear us. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. Like, I mean, if you've only listened in audio, now you get to see us in person. Right. (laughs) Highlight of your night. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. So (laughs) So what are we talking about today? Hey, um, 
you know, we just finished like going through the five voices. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, we listened to to Jeremy mm-hmm. talk about the peace index. Mm-hmm. You know, what what is all this good for? Why do we use? Why do we? Why is it worth being self aware as mm. a leader? Why is it worth that? Because um, if you hold up a mirror, right? Oftentimes, you kind of just want to look the other way, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know. There's days. Um, I mean, because somebody I think is having a had a birthday just recently, right? Well, it was a little while ago, but it, yeah, it's yeah. Yes, we have. We, we're we will trying to reveal no details. Um, <laughs> Not that we're worried about it, but it's just yes, it's another year. <laughs> it's another year, but oftentimes when we look in the mirror, we we don't want to take that honest assessment of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so, a good leader, somebody who's fighting for the highest good of those around him, is someone who takes that moment to to ask the question: What is it like to be on the other side of me? To hold that leader mirror up and say, you know, what is it like mm-hmm. being on the other side of my desk or on the other side of the conference room table or the other side of the water cooler? You know, when you're mm-hmm. having these conversations with people you lead or your family, people you love, right? you know, or other organizations that you volunteer for or you play, you know, where you play in the community. What's it like to be on the other side of me? Mm-hmm. And a good leader asks that question. Because, I mean, if, if you've ever been to dinner and you're sitting there and, I don't know, you know, most of the way through the, you know, you finish your food and you go go to the bathroom or something. Mm-hmm. You turn and look in the mirror and you've got a big glob of mustard <laughs> <laughs> sitting on your chin. And you go back to the table and you're like, people, how long has it been? Si-? We just we just didn't know how to tell you, right? <laughs> 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 That's what this is about, is that a good leader is always going to look in the mirror and say, what's it like? You know, do I have have broccoli in my teeth? Do I have, you know, mustard on my shirt? You know, I had had a good friend in high school that we were, we were singing at a church. We did, we sang in a quartet. We were the after dinner entertainment for a potluck or, you know, something like that. Right. Um, He dropped brisket all down the front of his shirt on his tie. Oh no. It was a mess. I mean, huge, like half of the plate. Oh, my yeah, goodness. It, barbecue. I mean, it was just bad. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and we had to get up and sing after that. Right. It was like a 30, 40-minute program. Oh, wow. And, you know, so, you know, we joked about it. We made it work. But, right. um, you know, you can ignore stuff like that or you can accept it and deal with it. Right. And so when you look in the mirror, you want to ask a couple different questions. Okay. Um, and imagine like a slider, left or right, okay? On either side of the slider is, um, on one side is reactive, and the other side is proactive. Okay. So what kind of leader am I? Am I proactive? Am I, am I thinking in advance of what may happen, or am I just reactive? When a table, or when a, when a problem hits the table in front of me, do I just, you know, do I just throw it out there? Right. Or have I already thought about, you know, different scenarios and situations of how I will respond in these, in these ways? Right. So are you reactive or are you proactive? Okay. Mm-hmm. Which side of that slider do you do you move yourself toward? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, next one is accidental or intentional. So accidental, you know, uh, what's the, you know, blind squirrel finds nut every, yeah, every once in a while, while, you know. <laughs> um, is that you as a leader? Yeah. Or are you the squirrel that's intentionally <laughs> packing away for the winter? You know, um, you know, it's very similar to proactive. Mm-hmm. So are you looking at things in advance? Are you being intentional about how you are leading rather than just being accidental and, you know, just hoping for the best? Right. Okay. Um, and then the third slider that you want to think about is inconsistent, 
too consistent. Mm. Okay. Um, you know, do I, do I respond the same way Yeah. when different things happen? Do I treat this employee the same as this other one? Or do I, you know, how do I operate on the team? How do I, you know, communicate? Am I consistent? Um, so a, a great leader holds up that mirror mm-hmm. and asks those questions. Am I being proactive? Am I being intentional? Right. Am I being consistent? Because the danger is if you're on the other side of the sliders on those things, you're a, just a reactive. Accidentally, sometimes you get the right response. Right. <laughs> you're just reacting, right. accidental, and you're inconsistent. Right. You know, when something bad happens, one time you take it with a grain of salt and everything is smoothed and you, you know, you work through it brilliantly. Another time it's, you know, it's Mount Vesuvius. Right. You blow up. You leave widespread destruction behind you. Are you reactive, accidental, and inconsistent? And imagine what that does to your team. Yeah. What that does to your mission, your your organization, the people around you. You know, if it's your family, you know that that's a hard leader to be around. Yes, it is really hard. And so, um, are we willing to ask what it's like to be on the other side of it? And that's why we do the five voices. That's why we do. you know, the peace index, it's, these tools are designed to help us as leaders to look at ourselves and go, you know, I'm, I'm a creative. And so when I have these great ideas, or at least I think they're great ideas, right? I have to learn to communicate them well. Right. Otherwise, people may dismiss my voice around mm-hmm. the table because I'm not making any sense. Right. So how do I clarify those ideas to communicate those better around the table? You know? I like it. So a good leader looks at a mirror and says, what is it like to be on the other side of me? Hmm. So... That's good. There you go. That's good. And, you know, and so this peace index, you know, that we're really spending a lot of time on right now, mm-hmm. um, outside of this episode, but, you know, right. is a huge tool to, you know, to decide where am I at? Right. You know, why? what are the changes I need to make and right. what am I going to double down on? So, yep. Yeah. A great time of year. I mean, I know we talked about goals earlier or last month in October. Yeah. Um, towards the beginning of October, I do believe it was. And it's like, okay, so in the midst of all that, touching on the idea of reflecting upon ourselves in the midst of our goals, as well as trying to figure out what's for next year. Yeah. Is, I mean, th- these are these are good, hard questions to be wrestling with a little bit because, mm-hmm. you know, inevitably, good growth comes from insight. And if you don't take the time to, to try to look at some of this insight, yeah, it's, it's hard to grow. Yeah. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of insight, yeah. um, we are getting ready to chat with our friend um, Cody. Yeah. You want to tell us a little bit about Cody? Yeah. So Cody Johnson is a young leader in our community um, who, honestly, as you're going to hear in his story here in a few minutes, has been, oh, man, through a lot. We'll yeah. just leave it at that. Um, right. there, there, You're going to find there's a number of podcast stories coming up. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're only exploring one of them. So, right. Um, you know, if you host another podcast, listen in because you might find some good interview material here. So, right. <laughs> um, but Cody um, has just recently started his own business mm-hmm. called Oil Change Near Me, and um, I, I, I think I don't think you heard this story. I asked him this later. I was like, "Where'd you get the name Oil Change Near Me?" And he said, "I was going to Google competitors, and yeah. so I typed in Oil Change, and Google adds in." near me right. because it thinks you're looking for an oil change near me. Right. And he's like, oh, thanks, Google. 
<laughs> that's hilarious. and that's how he got his that's how he got his business name. That's awesome. And so he does mobile oil changes, preventive maintenance uh, for cars wherever you are at. Yeah, saving you time, saving you money. I especially. love that idea. Yeah, it's like, brilliant. It is. Yeah, it sounds like total luxury, yeah. but the more I think about it, I'm like, no, it. Like you, you mean I can go do whatever I'd still do, and then you can come take care of my stuff right. for me. Like I could like take a nap like while you do it, right? Okay. Like, <laughs> all, all I can think is sitting in the middle of Jiffy Lube, waiting there, going, "When are they going to be done? When right. are they going to be right. done?" Right. Yeah. You can only watch so much YouTube. Right. While you're like I'm bored out of my mind. Oh, right. I need. I've got stuff to do. Okay, Cody, here we come, buddy. Yep. <laughs> Save us, man. Yep. All right. So we're gonna jump over and talk with Cody. Sounds good. See you in a minute. Well, welcome, Cody. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. So, give us a little bit of, little bit about you. Give us a little bit of background history about you. Where Where'd you grow up? Where What's Where'd life start? Sure. Um, I'm 28 years old. I uh, grew up in the small town of Linton, Indiana. Okay. Um, if you haven't heard of it, I'm not surprised. <laughs> uh, town of about 5,000. So you compare that to you know the the Center Grove school system. Uh, That's pretty much the Center Grove High School, isn't it? Right, right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I graduated with 67 in my class. Down over from me, Duggar, they graduated with 12 the same year. Sweet. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So very small town. Uh, I grew up on a gravel road between two cornfields. And uh, so to to come to the the big city of Greenwood, uh, (laughs) you know, is a big change. Um, Yeah, I graduated high school in 2012, and uh, that's kind of where... My whole story began. Mm-hmm. Um, I bounced around. I went to went to Illinois, Tennessee, Florida, Ohio, and ended up back in Indy. Did you go there for jobs, or did you just go there for because that's where you that's where you wanted to be at one different points? A little bit of everything. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. I went uh, just kind of some the... places for jobs, some places for fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. we'll call it fun, yeah, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, what brought you back to Indy then? Uh, <clears throat> uh, girlfriend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I actually went back to live with my parents for a little bit, and uh, <clears throat> met a girl, Kelsey, and uh, up here I wanted to be closer to her. So. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, in the time that you were hitting all these different states, what? Uh, uh, what type of jobs did you do or any schooling in there post high school? Schooling? Yeah, that's that's a fun school story. of hard knocks, right? Oh man. <laughs> uh yeah, that's that's a big part of my life journey. Yeah, it okay. was was schooling. Because I failed out, dropped out, failed out, dropped out. Oh. And then finally went to another school. Mm-hmm. So went to school five separate times. Um so that was that was part of the moving. Okay. Um and then uh, yeah. did, did you not enjoy it or just got we're having too much fun or well that's that's all part of the story okay yeah a redemptive story okay god's god's grace through my life whole okay. life from the time i was 18 uh because i was i was going into racing and that was my whole racing yeah okay. yeah racing cars okay yeah and uh that's what i was going to do and then i was stupid and okay. I dropped my sponsors, and that 
that is where the whole journey begins. Okay. Is okay. when I dropped the sponsors. And it, it was just a, a whirlwind. That's why I went to all those different states. Mm-hmm. It's because I was trying to figure out what I was trying to do. Right. Yeah. Okay. And um, <clears throat> so you were trying to find your sponsors in the process of that or just trying to no, find? I'm trying to find my way through life after okay. that. Yeah. Because um, my dad wanted me to go to school. Okay. Oh. And, and I did not want to go to school. Because you, <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't enjoy school? or Right. No. No. Because school was for people who wanted to work nine to fives. And that was the way you thought about it? Right. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I never wanted to go to school. Uh, so, yeah, I just bounced around state to state to state and school to school to school. Okay. And uh, trying to fulfill your dad's dream in the process of trying to figure out your own? Yeah, really just trying to figure out my own. And okay. then also hearing you know, my my parents' voices in my head, too. Right. Saying, you need to go to school. You need to do this. You right. need to do that. You need to fit the mold. Right. Yeah. And never feeling like you could fit the mold. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. and that's a hard dynamic to walk. Yeah. As as a as a graduating high school student trying to figure out what's right. next in life. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. What What was it like? Uh, like losing that dream of racing. How, what did that feel like? Oh man, that was that that sucked. <laughs> it crushed my soul. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was bad. Yeah, I was I was 18 and I had two of the best sponsors in the industry. Oh, really? Wow. And um but they wouldn't take me up the ladder. Okay. So that's why I dropped them. Sometimes you have to do that in racing. You mm-hmm. have to shed your skin mm-hmm. so you can right. keep climbing. And uh so I dropped them and and I knew it was a a big leap. But I had just always had somebody there to pick me up from the time I was four years old to 18. Oh, wow. And here I am, 18, and officially an adult in the government's eyes. Right. And right. I have nothing. I have basically no money. Yep. Um, now I have no sponsors. Right. Because <laughs> so, nobody to, just picked it right back up. Right. 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 Nobody. I was trying to get into uh, sprint car racing and then IndyCar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or NASCAR. And nobody was there to to take me up that ladder. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that was like the deep passion as a kid. That's what you wanted to do forever yeah. and ever. Yeah. So actually, my my story is a. It's not the typical. You know, well, I worked my nine to five and I got tired and I right. quit and I told my boss I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it better than you. Right. Right. Or right. you know, I had parents that wanted to be or they were entrepreneurs and they said, "Well, you should be an entrepreneur." It was never like that. No. It was What what you did know. your parents do? Uh so my dad worked for John Deere for uh 15 years. Okay. And then he's worked for the Navy, uh the Crane Naval Base okay. for 20 some years now. And then my mom has worked a lot of social uh, what's that called? Social work? Yeah, social work, yeah. Yeah, social work. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, really, really my story is a lineage. You know, the Bible uses lineages. Um, <clears throat> and uh, and it doesn't go back to my great-great-grandfather's great-grandfather Jethro or right, something like right, that. Right, right. Uh, but it goes back to my grandpa. Mm-hmm. He was a racer really? back in the 60s, and he was he was really good. Okay. Um, uh, usually top two in the state. Oh, wow. So then my dad wanted to race cars, too. And my grandpa said, absolutely not. It's too <laughs> fast, too dangerous. You're not doing it. All right. So then when my dad got his license, he started racing on the streets. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, got in a lot of trouble, wrecked a lot of cars. Oh, my. Um, he's even got a story where he flipped the car multiple times uh, with two girls in the car. <gasps> Lucky he didn't kill them. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So then when I was two, they took me, my parents took me to the local dirt go-kart track. Mm-hmm. They could have picked NASCAR, IndyCar. I don't know why they picked go-karts, but that's what they did. Right. And uh, the story goes, they're on the second row of bleachers, and I'm on the first. And uh, carts are all going. And, and this isn't Rascal's Fun Zone type right. carts, no, right? No. These are, like, legit. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. Even back in the 90s, they were pushing 40, 50 mile an hour on this tiny eighth dirt track. Right. Um, <clears throat> so... They're they're fun, you know. I'm I'm having a good time. But then when the the outlaws came out, the big dogs, <laughs> I turned to my parents and I said, I want to do that. And my my dad, uh, he he said he laughed, but in the back of his mind, he's thinking, Oh, well, that's what I said to my dad. Well, uh, right. And I know what happened when my dad said no. So right. he said, Okay, well, when you're older, we'll take you back. And he was true to his promise. When I was four, they brought me back, and we went back to the pits after the races. And he got to talking to some guy whose girl was in the uh, the kid cart class, mm-hmm. the baby carts. And uh, I got to go out in one of those and turn a few laps and came back in. And uh, for Christmas, they they spent all their money and got you know a, a kid cart for me and a go kart for my dad and a trailer and some tools. And uh, you were four, four, yeah, starting your wow. racing career, yeah, about about <laughs> waist high, yeah, awesome, <laughs> yeah, and. Um, so we went, you know, that next year to to the same dirt track and uh, started racing. The the first race, I spun out every lap coming out of turn one. Second race was a bit better. And the third race, I won. And my, my dad, he's a genius. The dude is super smart. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and he and I went on a tear for like 14 years. From the time I was four to 18, we went, we started, you know, running locally. And then... Uh, state, you know, regional, and then we started going national, and we just won everything. Wow! I mean, for 14 years, track wow. records. I still have track records all over the Midwest. <laughs> um, I mean, we were doing it good. We were wow! Doing it really That's good. awesome. Wow! Yeah. Um, and then I, I even got to drive for some people like Tony Stewart as I was, uh, you know, moving up. Went to mini sprints and you know midgets, and um, got to do a lot of cool things. So my my plan A was to be a a race car driver, and yeah. I had no plan B. Right. Uh, so then when I was 18, um, you know, I was about to graduate high school, and uh, I wanted to keep climbing that ladder, so I dropped my, my sponsors. And like I said, they were they were the two best sponsors in, in mm-hmm. the industry. Wow. And uh, so I, I dropped them because they couldn't take me to the next level. Right. Um, and nobody was there to pick me up. So and here I am. Is when you trans when you say next level, that's something like yeah. you actually get paid to do it, or it's right. still just a hobby. Right. Yeah. So I was I was getting paid uh, a little bit. Okay. I I was considered semi pro. Okay. You know, because okay. um, I I'm a, from a guy who doesn't understand the racing industry. Mm-hmm. Like I just trying to make sure I understand. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's hard for a high schooler to to be considered professional, but um, right. Yeah. So I would say semi pro would would be okay. correct. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I wanted to keep climbing, go to sprint cars and then IndyCar or NASCAR. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, nobody was there to pick me up. And, uh, my dad, I could point to the table at the Linton McDonald's where my dad sat me <laughs> down with the magazine, IUPUI magazine. And he said, we need to talk about school. And I was like, oh, 
you know, my, my heart sank. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I went to IEPUI for motorsports engineering, and uh, I was an honor roll student all the way through high school. Oh, wow. Uh, went to college, and I failed out with a 1.6 GPA. I mean, it was nuts. Um, and it was, it was a surprise, too. I was really working hard, and then I, you know, it came time to, to look at my grades at the end of the semester, and I was really shocked. Uh, <laughs> F, 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 okay. Uh, so I, I kind of fled from Indy, and uh, I went back to my parents' house, and I was thinking, gosh, what am I going to do? So I went to Vincennes University for their orientation day, and shout out to VU for having the absolute worst orientation day ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, I went there, and got I've got no idea what I'm doing, right? And I go to the library, and this dude comes up. He's like, hey, uh, you know, what's your name? I told him. And he said, okay, what building are you going to go into? I said, I just came here for the orientation day. I'm in the library, right? He said, oh, well, what, uh, what's your major? I said, I don't know. That's what I'm here for. He said, mm-hmm. okay, well, what building are you going to? I said, I don't know. So he said, he gave me this map, and it's, it's got, like, the nursing building, the athletic building, and the uh, technical building or technology building. Yeah. And that's the one that I went to. I said, well, yeah. technology, yeah. that sounds like, right. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I went there. Uh, and it was empty. There was one lady at a desk, so I went over to that desk, and she says, hey, uh, what's your name? What are you here for? I said, well, you know, here for orientation. I was at the library. She said, okay, what major? I said, I don't know. And she said, okay, well, here's this pamphlet, and it's a pamphlet with about uh, 30, 30-some different majors in the technology building. Oh, my and goodness. And she says, so which major do you want to go into? And I said, I, I don't know. Uh, she said, okay, uh, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom, and hopefully by the time I'm out, you'll have figured out your major. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, so I'm looking through this this pamphlet thinking, I'm, I'm you know, trying to alter the course of my life while Margaret's in the bathroom, the bathroom. taking a dookie, you know? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I she came back and she said, have you figured it out? And I said, what's precision machining? And she said, uh, well, I they cut metal. I said, that sounds like something I would do, probably. Yeah. So um, that's what I did. I, I started precision machining and did that for three semesters. Um, and I was super good at it. 3.8, 3.9 GPA all the way through that. Um, but I didn't like it. I, didn't, I couldn't see myself doing it. So I went back to IEPUI, dropped out of VU, went back to IEPUI for motorsports engineering, tried it again. Uh, I, some things in my life had changed. I was older, so I thought, right, okay, yeah. I'm going to do this again. Right. And I failed worse with a 1.3 GPA. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, what I figured out was happening was I was spending all my time working on race cars. I was, I was in the garages oh. because they had multiple garages, multiple teams, and I was on all of them, either driving or crew chiefing or just you know working on cars. So that's what I was doing. So I decided, okay. This isn't going to work. <laughs> so I went back to VU for precision machining, and oh, I, was, no. I was settling, and uh, went through one semester, and I did it even better, like a 3.95 uh, GPA, and I got done in half a semester. So I was doing wow. really well, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, but I still did, I was so unsettled. So uh, I got into fitness at the same time, yeah. and so because I was done in half a semester, I spent the last half... Um, 
not going to class like I was supposed to and spending five to eight hours in the gym. <laughs> and yeah, I would pack lunches, multiple meals and go to the gym. And uh, I, I decided that if I'm not going to be a professional in the racing world, I'm going to be a professional in something. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I gained 50 pounds in four months at VU. Wow. Oh, wow. It was nuts. Um, so I decided I'm going to be a physique competitor. I'm going to be the first professional sponsored physique competitor uh, with a heart problem. I've got lower aortic stenosis. Um, and uh, so that's what I was going to do. So I met a girl uh, while I was there, and uh, I, bought, I bought a ring and sold my, my beautiful truck, and I bought a family car. Um, and she went down to Knoxville to Johnson Bible College, and I moved down to Knoxville to be close to her. Mm-hmm. And um, I got a job at a gold gym as a trainer, and I was like, "Cool, this is what I'm doing. I'm, this is a great start." Um, right? You know, I'm uh, doing pretty good in, in fitness. I was now 185 pounds and like five percent body fat or something like that. And uh, <laughs> turns out, it's not a good idea to go to a brand new city in a brand new career, uh, not knowing really anything about what you're doing. <laughs> Um, so I didn't, I didn't have any clients. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so about three or four months in, uh, I got evicted from the place that I was living and I went homeless for several months. I was living in my car, my family car. Right. (laughs) Um, uh, I had a dog at the time, so he and I were living in the car together. (laughs) Uh, so, and then it got cold and my, my manager who kind of knew what was going on, but didn't really know what was going on. She Mm -hmm. took the dog. And I moved into the gym. I slept on, on the concrete floor. It was a 24-hour gym. And what I would do is I would wake up at 5, go in the showers, shower, change, work from 6 to midnight. And at midnight to 2, I would work out, do my own workout, and then fall asleep on the concrete floor in the kids' care room. And then, you know, three hours later, get up and do it again. Oh, my goodness. Um, so <laughs> nobody knew. Nobody knew that I was homeless. Oh, my goodness. It was crazy. Uh, and, you know, I wasn't on the street corner begging or anything like right, that. Right. I was just trying to grind and get it done. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I finally um, I made enough money to get an apartment and pay the down payment. And I was moving in the next day. I signed and everything. And I wrecked my car that night. Oh, no. So I called my girlfriend. I was like, hey, um, could I use your car to, to work out something with the shop? She said, no. No. She said, just go home. I said, woman, I haven't had a home for months <laughs> to be close to you. <laughs> and uh, she said, uh, I don't care. Just go home. So, yeah, I cried for, you know, eight hours. My, my parents came down, loaded the car up, and uh, drove me home. And it was so nice of them. And the dog. We picked up the dog. <laughs> um, so, man, I was, I was in my room for three weeks just bawling and writing notes uh letters to this girl turns out she never opened them but that's another story um <clears throat> so then my dad finally got me out of the the slump that i was in he said you need to you know get over it so i did i i went to Terre Haute, met a guy who applied for a bunch of jobs and he said dude i got a job offer uh down in florida uh managing this gym but the guy asked if i had a friend that would manage it with me. Would you do it? I was like, sure. I don't have anything else going on. 
So yeah. we moved his whole life, my whole life, down to Florida. Um, With no and, car, right? Uh, well, I got my car fixed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Um, like, man, how are we getting to Florida? Right. Okay, right. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, so yeah, we we moved down there, um, and I went from the beginning of 2016, not having a home, sleeping on on a concrete floor, to living in this dude's mansion by August of 2016. Oh wow! So big change, right? Yeah. Obviously, it's not my mansion, but I was right. still living in, in the a mansion. mansion. Yeah. It was pretty Why cool. Not? That's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that that story is a Dateline story. It, it was a crazy. Basically, I got lured down there, um, and he asked for like sexual favors and it was it was a bad deal so any true crime uh podcast people out there i've got an episode for you <laughs> um yeah that story alone is nuts we've got one about um, love letters and true crime right we're gonna have to branch out <laughs> i think i'm good yeah yeah <laughs> so anyhow i i fled from florida i mean i i ran north as far as i could yeah uh, in, in in my old pontiac grand dam yeah nice um and on my way back north was when i said okay i've been doing a lot of stuff taking a lot of risks i've got to go back to school because here i am i'm gonna settle again right uh i but i gotta figure it out because at the very least by the end of the time that i'm done with school i want to be more valuable in the marketplace you know, it's yeah. not about getting a degree. It's about being valuable. Right. Mm-hmm. So I went to UNOH because they were direct competitors with IUPUI. So that's how I knew about them. And uh, three weeks after I, I got home, I started school at UNOH. And uh, I tell you what, that was the biggest change in my life ever. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. 26, 27, something like that. Uh, no, no, no. I was 25, I think. And uh, 4.0 all the way through. I think I ended up graduating graduating with a 3.98 so i mean yeah did really well i was on the cover of multiple magazines did a lot of their advertisements for them this Um, is back in motorsports yeah okay yeah yeah i was uh got degrees in uh motorsports um and uh, automotive okay um yeah i i really did a lot you know, I traveled, you know, most of the country while I was there, too, as a full-time student. Uh, I was an ambassador for the school. It was amazing. So <laughs> I, I graduated from there in 2018, and I, I realized, okay, you know, I, that kind of proved to me that I can do something, right? Mm-hmm. Right, um, right. But when I got out of there, I didn't have any – I had job offers, but none were what I really wanted. And I decided while I was at UNOH that I didn't want to work on race cars. Um, which is funny because when I went to UNOH, I said, I do want to work on race cars. I, I never want to work on automobiles. Right. Yeah. Wow. Um, <clears throat> so I left there, had no idea what I was going to do. I worked for Sarah Fisher for a little bit, and then I got a job offer from the Naval base, Crane Navy, um, down in, in Southern Indiana where my dad works. And, uh, I went down there, worked for a year and 56 days. It was it was it was a terrible year and fifty six days. I almost committed suicide three times, which oh my we can talk about the psychology of su- suicide uh, and you know what that really means. But uh, that's a different different topic. Um, <clears throat> and uh, you know, I left there, and really that whole time I was there, I was just praying, God, please get me out of here and get me out of here alive because I don't know what I'm doing, hmm. um, but I just know that it can't be this. Right. So God got me out of there. 
And uh, when I left there, I told everybody I was starting a trucking company, a hotshot trucking company. And there was a guy there who said, I'll never forget this. He said, okay, we'll see you back in six months. And I, I was like, oh, I hate this place and I hate you. <laughs> uh, but I will always remember that. It, right. it right. motivates me. Right. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and when I left there, I had negative $452.66 in my bank account on top of my $100,000 of debt. Right. So I, I really had nothing. And right. I've actually got that receipt in my office uh, from, from the bank. So oh, wow. that, that motivates me too. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I left, left Crane, was going to start this trucking company. My girlfriend's dad, Kevin, he's got a construction business. Uh, and he said, well, you know, while you're trying to do that, you, you can work for me for a couple months. Yeah. And, um, I'm not very good at construction. So he paid me to basically be a ladder holder and he paid me really well to be a ladder holder, <laughs> but we're coming up into the winter of, uh, 18, uh, I believe it was, or no, no, 20, winter of 20. Wow. Um, and, you know, in the construction business, you know, um, things slow down when it comes to exterior, especially. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So he had to make three cuts in the business. And I knew that I had to be one of them. Right. 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 So for his sake and my sake and everybody else's sake, <laughs> I need to get out of there. Um, and I ended up working with a pastor restoring cars. I called him. That was a, a connection that Kelsey had. And um, <clears throat> I called him. I said, hey, uh, I heard that you restore cars. He said, yeah, I used to. I don't really now. But I've got this Bronco that I've had sitting around for six years. I could pay you cash uh, while, while you know, we get that done. And then, you know, we'll just go from there. So I started working with him. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, guess, I guess to back up in the construction uh, business when I was holding the ladder, that's actually where the idea for oil change near me came about, my my current company. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was I was holding this ladder and I was praying, God, winter's coming up. I don't know what I'm doing. I know I need to be cut. Um, what? It's not a trucking company. I've had all these failures. Mm -hmm. Is this just another failure in mm -hmm. in my life story? And for the first time ever, I heard God say something to me. And, uh, I, it was, it was crazy. And, uh, what I heard was go back to the basics. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. right. Um, we're talking like water and bread. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> no, those are the essentials. <laughs> oh, sorry. My bad. <laughs> no. Um, so what I decided that meant was business basics. Um, you know, business 101 is what does the world need that I can provide? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So I thought, hmm, okay, well, I've got 20-some years' experience in automotive and racing. Um, the world needs maintenance on their vehicles. Uh, I don't have any money, so I can't get a shop. Uh, I've got terrible credit, so I can't get a loan for a shop. Right. But I've got this truck. I'm going to do mobile. I, I'm, I'm going to, wherever people are, I'm going to change their oil and their driveway, their parking lot, wherever. Right. right. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I was still holding the ladder and praying, you know, uh, is this it? And, um, and I pulled out my phone and uh, I started looking up shops around me, you know, my competitors. Well, still holding the ladder with one hand, I hope, yeah. Right, yeah. right. Okay. Uh, some poor guy was on the third floor. Right, right. <laughs> I was not doing a good job. 
<laughs> Sorry. Um, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so I looked up my competitors. You know, I saw Valvoline, Jiffy Lube, blah blah blah, and I thought, okay, these are you know obviously great brands. Um, what's what's my brand going to be? Mm-hmm. And I looked up in the the search bar, and I had typed an oil change near me, and I said, oh my gosh, that's it. That's the name. <laughs> And so I went on the InBiz website, and mm-hmm. um, sure enough, the LLC wasn't taken. So I took that right then and there. There you go. Nice. Um, yeah, and then uh, <laughs> it was it was really cool. Within a half a day, the the logo, uh, the flying jug, the flying oil jug, yeah, and uh, the colors, the, the the demographic, everything was laid out in less than half a day. It was. Oh. It was wild. Wow. Right. Yeah, it was really cool. So every time I, I wonder about if I'm doing the right thing, I look back at that. And mm-hmm. I say, okay, yeah, surely. Surely I'm doing the right thing. Right. Um, so, yeah, while I was uh, trying to build the back end of the business, you know, the legal stuff, the website, social media. And so that was during the winter of 20, early yeah. 21. So that's COVID-esque? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of businesses closed because of COVID. But right. um you know, really mm-hmm. COVID helped me because right. I offered sanitation and contactless, you know, right. services. Um, so that helped me on the residential side. Oh, that's okay. great. Um, so, so 18 months later then, where is Oil Change Near Me at? Yeah. So we still do residential, um, but uh, commercial is kind of our bread and butter. Um, in fact, my my first client ever was a guy named John Martin. I was working on on these restorations, and uh, he pulled his his car in, and he said, "Hey, I've got a Ford Explorer um, that it died. Can you look at it?" I said, uh, "Sure. I don't know this guy from Adam, right?" right. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, I'm going to need to do an oil change on it to see the health of the engine." And that alone uh, kind of like blew his mind. He's like, "What do you mean the health of the engine?" I said, "You know, I just need to see. You know, it's kind of like blood." Right, doing blood okay. work on it. Yeah. Sure enough, it had metal in the oil. So I mm-hmm. called him. I said, "Hey, John, bad news. Your engine's blown, uh, or it's blowing up." Um, the professionalism, I guess, that I showed uh, was enough to him that he said, "I heard that you're starting this to your door preventative maintenance service. Is that right?" I said, "Yeah, yes, sir." He said, "Well, um, I've got a fleet of vehicles. Um, <laughs> would you be willing to work on them?" And I thought. Hmm. I've never thought about working on fleet vehicles, but uh, yeah, yes, sir, I could do that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, right, right. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know the you know the legal aspect of right. all this stuff, but uh, sure, yeah, I can do that. An engine's an engine, right? Right, right. Doesn't matter who owns it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's how I even got the idea of working on fleet vehicles. Yeah, um, which is a great business. Yeah, yeah. It uh, so with residential, it's obviously a great service because it it. Um, eliminates a lot of pain points for people. They mm-hmm. don't have to go and sit and wait on, on vehicles in a dirty shop or right. uh, in their car while it's being jacked up in the air and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, but for businesses, it actually saves them a ton of money. A little plug for oil change near me. It, it saves an average of 44% really? on, on maintenance costs because yeah. they don't have to pay somebody to go and sit and wait for an hour. You know, right. if, if you pay somebody twenty five an hour, um, <clears throat> that's about what it takes for an oil change to drive there, sit there, and wait. Um, I've heard of some people waiting for an hour and a half. Oh yeah. So that's two hours right there. That's right. fifty bucks. But the big one is downtime. So mm-hmm. if you pay somebody twenty five an hour, 
you should at least be making $50 an hour off of them, right? Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> when they are at the shop, they're not working. So you're paying them to not work, and you're not making the money that you would have been making in an hour. Right, yeah. right, right. So uh, what we do is we, we service vehicles during you know company meetings or um, before or after hours mm -hmm. or even doing house calls while they're doing house calls. We have serviced vehicles at their customers' homes in the driveway or alongside the road, you know, whatever that customer is comfortable mm -hmm. with. Right. So, yeah. so while you have, if you have a fleet vehicle that's at a customer's house, you can go service it without disturbing the customer or. Exactly. Wow, that's exactly. impressive. Yeah, we, we've done uh, brake work, you know, oil changes, um, stuff like that while, while, they're, you know, the painters or construction workers are getting tools out of the back. Right. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And, you know, we don't, we don't want to do, you know, big jobs while You don't want to do an oil or an engine swap? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Engine swaps and training swaps are uh, two of the things that we don't offer. Right. right. <laughs> totally understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, this is sitting out in my front yard. Can you do an engine swap real yeah. quick for me? <laughs> I, need, I need to be somewhere at five. <laughs> right. right. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I've done one transmission job. Uh, I replaced it on jack stands. And oh, wow. that was in a garage, temp controlled and everything. So yeah. uh, the, the elements were not a factor, but gosh. It's a lot of work. I did it by myself, and uh, it took, you know, 10 hours or whatever it took. I don't remember. Right. And I think I strained every muscle <laughs> in my legs and my, my hips uh, trying to push that thing up there. Yeah, right. Um, That's a lot of work. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So wow. we don't do transmission yeah. swaps. There you go. Yeah. All right, so... 18 months in, yeah. you've built a, a residential presence. You've mm -hmm. learned to do fleet work and commercial work. Um, you've just hit a new milestone that you you have a new hire, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's not just you, not just Cody anymore, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, when I first started, obviously, it was just me. I uh, I banked on my abilities as a tech to, to do the work. Mm -hmm. um, quickly, you know, out, outgrew uh, myself. So started looking mm -hmm. for people and the whole vision is to not be by myself. Right. Is right. to, to create this big franchise and, uh, it'll be the first successful franchise in the mobile loop industry, by the oh, way. Wow. Yeah. Um, there aren't many in the world. I was gonna say there's, yep. doesn't sound like a very common business no. model. No, yeah. no. So what, what, what are your milestones to get to that? Sure. That if it, you were, it was just you a few weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> you just hired your first, you know, employee. Yeah. What is it going to take to get to that, you know, big brand franchise? Right, right. Um, so I think the the model is going to be uh, each franchise will have up to uh, probably ten or fifteen technicians in their in their region. So each franchise is going to have a, a region probably about fifteen miles radius, mm -hmm. um, and. Um, It'll, it'll be about 10 to 15 techs, and, you know, we can service uh, about about 2,000 vehicles per year with that model. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so one metro area like Indianapolis might have multiple regions within it. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think Indy could probably host five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Man, so that's... Uh, the. It's been an interesting. I'm glad you gave your full story because it is definitely a process of how to get there, and it's exactly. been great that you've had support as well as 
from a guy who's gone through some failures, what would you say to other business owners that are struggling with the idea that they're going through a failure right now? Yeah. Um, because it's it's not easy. Right. None of it's easy, right? Yeah, yeah. I think being in tune with yourself, uh, being in tune, you know, if you're a Christian, be in tune with the Spirit, uh, mm-hmm. with, with God, um, pushing through, mm-hmm. not giving up, and having faith. That's that's kind of been the the big theme in my life is just have faith <laughs> yeah. to go to that that next step uh, because you know I you've mentioned multiple times that I'm kind of a fly by the, by the seat of your pants kind of guy and you know that's that's mostly true yeah and uh, you know luckily uh, that's kind of worked out <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it's helped you be flexible right right but in your growth process now though I know you and I we've talked a lot about. Um, you know, putting in process and procedures mm-hmm. so that you mm-hmm. can enable that growth right. in others right. to help you and your vision grow. Yeah, and so yeah, um, yeah. It's 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 been super cool to to watch, um, even just to watch the growth of this company. Um, you know, to to look back at my my life, um, and through my even my grandparents and my uh, my dad's life uh, is is really cool. Uh, but to see the growth of the of this company has has been amazing. See, one of my one of my goals for my first year of the business was to double the number of my biggest competitors first year. And um, what ended up happening is I I had some part time guys. Mm-hmm. I would say, hey, you know, we've got this job, and it's you know, let's say twenty vehicles, and you know, this this is what we're doing. It's going to take five hours, and I'll pay you whatever. Um, <clears throat> So it was just me and then, you know, some, some part-time people. But uh, what we ended up doing was quadrupling the competitors' really? numbers in the, oh, the first wow. year. Yeah. Yeah, was Are you cool. saying, like, the Jiffy Lube Valvoline competitor? No, no, no. Uh, the mobile space. Yeah, okay. the mobile, mobile space. space. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that's gotcha. right. Yeah. So there is one or two out there that have, that you can compete against or that you have a ballpark understanding of what they're... Yeah. Yeah, there's... Um, in fact, the the competitor that I'm talking about, he's an IndyCar driver that has this business... Um, hmm. And he's up on the the northwest side, and of course we're down on the south side. Um, <clears throat> it is always funny because we do drive next to their vans sometimes uh, to <laughs> kind of wave and <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're I think they're six six years in. Um, okay. So okay. you know, obviously we're we're five years behind as far as starting, but um, but your numbers are looking pretty good. Oh yeah, the numbers are fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, and and he actually had I think five technicians in the first year. Oh and, wow! And it was just me and, and the part time guys. Uh, but you know, it, it's been a lot of blessings, um, a lot of things, just really falling into place. And you got to wonder how does that happen? Mm-hmm. And you right. know, there's there's no human expi- explanation for for that. So, right. right. Yeah. Now, if I understand. Uh, just to clarify, you're in starting this business. Mm-hmm. You're you're bootstrapping it yourself, right? You right. you found it in investors, or like you said, you had minimal credit. Yeah. I mean, this is this is from your back pocket, basically. Yeah, right? yeah. This okay. is a cash flow business for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I've done done everything out of pocket. Um, I mean, to go from negative four hundred fifty two dollars uh, <laughs> leaving Crane right. uh, to now, you know, we're we're able to cash flow all this stuff. It's it's really cool. Um, yeah. And that's, I mean, I had some cash from doing those restos, but uh, man, mm-hmm. it wasn't much cash. Right. I, I had right. enough to pay for parts uh, and my truck payment, 
And, right. um, yeah. you know, that was about it. You know, we, we did, you know, let's say the, the first, the first vehicle and that got me through to the next vehicle and then that got me wow. through to the next two. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's been so you've really been grinding it. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. awesome. Yeah. So if you were to go back to that, the start of the 18 months with, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just throwing that number out, but yeah, mm-hmm. back to the beginning of oil change near me. Yeah. Um, 16 months. Is it 16? 16. Yeah. Well, Okay. I also find there's some irony in that two race car drivers are racing to the top of this mobile oil change industry racing. in Indianapolis. Oh I've never thought of that. That's, <laughs> and that's you're like, no way. And you're like driving by his van, waving, going, see it in my dust, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Love it. Except anyway. he is an Indy car driver, so. Right. That's He's okay. made it. <laughs> but, you know, hey, he can do his thing. Right. Um, so going back to the beginning, is I'm curious, is there something you would have done different in those early months? Or is there something that you did that, you know, when somebody else is starting a business, you're like, you don't miss this step. This was crucial mm. for me. Uh, one thing that I would tell people not to miss is the legal stuff. Okay. Actually. Okay. <laughs> uh, because I, in the midst of, of the story of moving around and doing all this stuff, I did have a business um, selling online uh, fitness programs and diet programs back before it was cool because now yeah. everybody's doing it. Right, right, right. right. It's kind of like photographers. Um, but uh, <clears throat> it was totally illegitimate. Uh, I didn't pay taxes. I actually didn't know that I had to pay taxes on it. Uh, it was it was bad. Uh, okay. So, yeah, you know, to think, man, I could have really gotten in trouble with that one. Um, luckily, I didn't do hardly anything with it. But, uh, uh, yeah, to, to look back and say, okay, um, it was good to really step it out, uh, because being a fly by the, the seat of your pants kind of guy, I would normally just go. Wing it. Right. Go. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. Right. But with this one, I actually sat down and, and did, you know, did my homework and mm-hmm. talked to the right people and, you know, figured out this is what I have to do. And then this and this and this. Mm-hmm. Don't cut corners on those early days on yeah. the reality right. side. Yeah. All right. Man, I, I really wanted to take off, but yeah. 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 Okay. Corners is good. All right. Yeah. Well, dude, an amazing story. Yes. For uh, sure. Thanks for sharing it with us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the redemption and the stick to itedness. I don't know if that's a word, but it yeah, is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, you've got multiple podcast interviews within you. And <laughs> I love it. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah, so, I hope so. Um, how, how would people find you? Um, if yeah, they want to know more about you or change oil or... change or services, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so uh, they can go to the website, oilchangeusa.net. Uh, we haven't gotten the .com because it's going to cost about 50 grand. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. Um, so oilchangeusa.net, you can ske- uh, schedule a service there. You can send um, a request for service uh, on, on one of the pages there. Uh, you can reach out to me directly um, at cody at oilchangeusa.net. Or give us a call at 877-404-4645. Awesome. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks. man, all the best to you. And yes, thanks for sharing. Building a that. business in a way that's, I mean, you kind of think, oh, it's 2022. And Everything's been done. I got to say, I will uh, that your determination is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that about you. I love the fact that you have, you have, you have grinded hard, <laughs> and you've done an excellent job of not stopping. Well, I appreciate that, but so, yeah. I've definitely had some moments where I thought, eh, and I bet this might be the end. I bet you're ten times stronger because of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say so. Yeah. 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 So, 
All right, y'all. Thanks for listening in, and we'll be back with you here in just a moment. Sounds good. Thanks. Jason, you know, yeah, I, I do really appreciate his story. His man, it was, it's uh, a story of resilience, yes, and redemption, yes, and and I just love that there's so many loved ones in his life that didn't back away, right? When it would have been easy to, well, and he didn't back away, yeah, like it just, yeah, I mean, he just kept plugging away, right, and just. That was a lot for, I mean, right. I don't know if my path was that rough that I don't, I mean, I would have struggled a little bit more, I right. think. And I'm, I'm sure he struggled some with Absolutely. going through some stuff. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Like he, he talked about some of the things that he went through, but it's just, I'm super ecstatic that we're sitting here today or we had, you know, sat here today and talked with him about mm-hmm. this, this journey he went through. Right. I, I love that he is. He, he is a great example of driven by big vision mm-hmm. that, you know, initially it was going to be the race car driver, right? right? He right. was going to be professional. And then when that fell through, he went toward, um, you know, the bodybuilding, um, mm-hmm. you know, first professional body with a heart issue, right? Right, <laughs> right. And when that didn't work, now he's like, this can be the first mobile successful, successful mobile franchise in the nation. Right. You know, and I think he's done his homework to... Yes. Enough to know that he would be the first beyond a couple of little ones here and there. Right. And so I love that he's driven by big vision. That's I, cool. I do. I do too. That's cool. It was really good. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, him and I kind of get together and we, we start to spiral off each other. Oh, really? <laughs> idea after idea. And we're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so that's, yeah, it's probably bad. But <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny. But he, um, I, I just love seeing the growth in him. Or mm-hmm. even over the last few months of just yeah. taking some new steps of uh, expanding his business, you know, mm-hmm. hiring hiring people, and yeah, it's really cool, really cool. Yeah, those steps are huge, especially yeah. when you've come from a position of you didn't know what was next. Yeah, yeah, totally. So yeah, but super thankful that Cody joined us, and thanks, Cody. Shout out to you, and uh, thanks for joining us again today. Yeah, yeah, and you guys um, don't forget about the Peace Summit coming up on the seventeenth of November. Um, you can sign up online. All the links will be in the um, show notes. And uh, otherwise, give us a like, comment, subscribe, yep. shoot us an email, all that fun stuff. Right. We would love to hear from you. Sounds and good. And if you are, I'll tell you what, you know what we'd love to hear is if uh, people are going through the Peace Index on their own. Oh, yes. And you want to share with us, kind of let you know, you know, I mean, because accountability is huge. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you would like to share that with us, Send us We'd an email. Love to hear it. Yeah, love for it. sure. Love to. So, sure. Right on. Hey, you guys have a great week. Thanks. See you next time. See you next time. All right. Bye.